Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. I hate social media. I do as well. It annoys me. Yeah, I know you do. I know you do. And and you know how much I I despise it. That like I I try to stay off it. I yell at you all the time. Like cuz you run the the Bucks in the Basement Twitter account and you get yourself all fired up about something, you end up in a, with an argument. Like I I I never get it. I'm always texting you like why are you arguing on Twitter? Like why why are you in the middle of this? Right? Like my friend once told me this and it and it holds true. Twitter gives even the kid that used to eat paste in the second grade a voice. And you don't know who you're talking to. It could be that kid that eats paste. They could be a grown person now and eats paste. Like, I don't understand Twitter arguments, and that's why I stay out of them. In fact, I just hired somebody to run social media for part of the broadcast basement on-demand radio network. And if it goes well, then she'll take over everything. And I'm going to tell her, like, you know, take over bucks in the basement because Craig can't stop with, with his thumbs. He gets angry. Are you on the toilet when you get into these arguments? I don't know what I'm doing. I'm. I just. I on this last one, Chris, the most specific one here. I just get tired of this. This one specific person who just pretty much misquotes and and I just. I was just must have been having a bad day. Yeah, but he's looking for attention, and that's the thing. Like, here's. Uh, first of all, they talked about your account or this person because I say they because this person's account is for his podcast, right? So he talks about your account without tagging you, which is, which is cowardly. And then you end up reading it anyway. So now you're like, what is he talking about me? We said, we said what? Which isn't even true. Like you read it and I was like, we never said that. that it, none of that is real, right? And, but then you engage and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, well, why would this person want to pick a fight on a social media site with bucks in the basement? And then I go and I look up rankings for podcast and then I understand you know, 10 years in broadcast radio, one of the things you learned is when you walk into a town and you were like the 30th ranked radio station, or, you know, or you were, in the, you were in the back of the pack for your morning show, you pick fights with people to get attention. Well, in Bucks in the Basement, you look, you could go on these ranking sites, you could see, we're doing very well, and thank you very much to the listeners that listen to this show. We appreciate it. It's awesome that we can sit down and we can have these conversations off-season, in-season, good times, bad times, mostly bad times. But we can talk about these things and we can discuss the team. When I go and I look up the other guy, it's not even on the rankings because it's so low. They haven't, they haven't been able to get enough numbers off of this thing 
And so it's like him and a couple of his buddies and they're like, they're just trying to make a name for themselves. So he's picking on you. And I texted you. I'm like, all this person's trying to do is just get under your skin. If he gets under your skin, you'll start retweeting him. You'll get into an argument with him. He'll get into a war with us. I'm going to block him. And I was very happy that when you responded back, I like, already did it. But it, it, to me, like the, the difference between this show and what you were dealing with is, I think this show understands that there are problems within the Pirates organization. Bob Nutting is a cheap owner. You know, I, I've given this comparison before between Bob Nutting and the closest guy on the Forbes list of Major League Baseball owners, Jerry Reinsdorf. In Chicago, they think Jerry Reinsdorf's cheap, but his payroll's around $200 million. Bob Nutting will never get there. Like, he's never going to end up in the top 10 of payrolls in Major League Baseball, but he's got about the same amount of money as Jerry Reinsdorf in Chicago. He, he could take his billions and make it greater by investing in his team, maybe even taking a little bit of a loss for a year or so to build it up and sign some free agents and make Pittsburgh a place that people want to go and play baseball, where fans want to fill the stadium. You, you invest money to make money. He could do that. He doesn't do it. He's a failure for it. I mean, if you look at him, he's not even that old. He could make this into a much more a valuable franchise and sell it at a max dollar and walk out counting his money and lighting cigars with some of it. But he doesn't do that. Now, we can yell about that every week. We can sit there and yell about how Bob Nutting is cheap, and we can yell about how we don't like how the team is run, and we can yell about how, like, you know, this is a complete disaster, this team, and just be angry all the time. But then we just be a drunk sitting at the end of a bar calling into sports radio stations at 2 in the afternoon and thinking they just said the funniest thing above all the other people that called in. And that's never been what this show is. What we do is we look at it and we go, this is what the team is, unfortunately. We can yell and, and, and you know, light the torches and hold the pitchforks, but then it would get really old. What I'd rather do, and I know what you'd rather do is, say, okay, he's cheap. How do you make a team a winner within these constraints? What do you think they're doing? Not what do I want them to do? You'll hear me say what I want them to do. I've heard you say what you want them to do. But every once in a while, you got to sit back and say, what are they actually doing? And that's why you bring on the experts you bring on. That's why you bring on the guys that like cover the team. That's why you have all these people that, that walk through Bucks in the Basement and give actual analysis and talk about what's going on with the team. And, and, and that's what we've always tried to be here. And that's why you should engage with people on social media. And, and I just wanted to get that out of the way to kick off the show, because to be honest with you, it's beneath you. And I, I don't want you to do it anymore because you, you, you get yourself sucked in with somebody who's just trying to get attention. Look, you can be a fan who's angry all the time. I get it. There's a right that Pirates fans should have at this point to be angry with their team. But you can also look at the team and say, where's potential? Where's growth? What do you think Ben Sherrington's doing? Do you think that Bob Nutting will come up with a little bit of money at some point and, and, and they'll be able to take it to the next level? How are they going to structure their team within the confines of the ridiculous self-imposed budget that the owner comes up with to be able to make a winner that everybody can enjoy? I'd rather take that perspective. If that makes you think that we're justifying what Bob Nutting is doing, you're missing the point completely of, of this show and any kind of intelligent conversation about the team. You can think Bob Nutting is cheap. You can criticize the moves of the front office. You could be angry with the manager or the players or the third base coach or some, you know, when Joey Cora was a windmill, we would make fun of that. Like all of that stuff, right? We, you could, you could do all of that, but every once in a while you got to sit back, my friend, and say, okay, what are they and what can they become? And if they do smart business, even within these ridiculous constraints, 
can they be a winner? And I would always like this show to be that because I think that it's a little bit more constructive and interactive with the intelligent Pirates fan. And that's always been our goal here, Chris. And it's, we, you know, just to have those conversations and to not, I mean, in some ways, I feel like on social media, people have like, it's like, choose your character, pick your personality. Like this is whose people have become so that when the pirates do anything, it's got to have this negative reaction. And then some people have taken the other side where it's like, they're the eternal optimist and, and everything that the pirates do, they can, they can spin it and roll it into, you know, this giant, you know, it's, it's rainbows and lollipops and we're dancing around singing kumbaya and we kind of take the middle ground and and this was something that you know after this conversation had happened we were talking about you know before the show the reaction to you know the g-man Choi decision g-man Choi wanted to participate in the world baseball classic and why wouldn't he the world baseball classic is going to happen for the first time since 2017 he was going to get to play for his home country of South Korea and, and represent his country. That's, that's, that is a pretty big deal right there. Unfortunately though, G man Choi had had surgery back in November for some loose bodies in his right elbow that were possibly bothering him. By the way, that's the name of my new band loose bodies in my left elbow. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm writing it down it's, right it's now. Not, it's not a bad one, but <laughs> so he lose bodies in my left elbow.com. I've already bought it. Keep going. And so he, you know, the pirates have the ability just like with anything else. Like nobody really complained when, you know, O'Neill Cruz tweaked his ankle while playing down in the Dominican league. And the pirates just basically said, Oh yeah, we're going to bring him back up here and check him out. You know, he's, he's, he's played enough games or other players, you know, that they've, you know, said, you know what? You got a little bit of strain on you this year. You're, we're not, you're not going to be able to go play winter ball. Even though, you know, they're in those discussions of arbitration with G-Man Choi. G-Man Choi put up the number of 5.4. The Pirates put up, I think it's 4.625. They still control him. Like, he's not technically under contract at this point in time until he goes before the arbiter. But he's the property of the Pirates, and they can decide that, you know what, dude, we're – we're not sure where you're at in your rehab. I know that you're taking some live BP, like you're saying. I understand that you're deeply hurt and you, you know, wanted to play for your country. But you know what? We just kind of signed you and Carlos Santana to shore up and solve the first base problem. Like, what happens if you go out and tweak that elbow in those, you know, 13 days during the World Baseball Classic? That that's a pretty big risk to take. And and like you said, Chris, before the show, it just keeps on sticking in my head. Is people are picking this lane because they're just like we. We want the Pirates to be competitive. And why don't they do stuff to be competitive? And then they do something like this that is actually helping them to hopefully stay more competitive. And people like absolutely lose their mind. And they're like, where's this player centric culture at? And all this kind of stuff. And it's just like, dude, just on this one, you're in the wrong. Just let it go. Okay. So here, uh, Ronald Acuna can't go play either. Severino from the Yankees he Atlanta- can't play. Right. I mean, th- world-class organizations within Major League Baseball who win all the time are telling players that they can't go and play. First of all, the the WBC, the World Baseball Classic, while from like a 30,000-foot overview as a fan, if you're just a fan of baseball and not invested in what a team is going to do in a season when the World Baseball Classic is happening, you love the World Baseball Classic. It's fun. It's exciting. 
players are playing for their teams. You know, you can see that they're smiling, they're having a great time. And, you know, if you were dealing with a player that maybe had something that had been bothering them over the last season or so in terms of mentally they weren't all there, getting them on another team and away from your team to kind of learn to love the game again could probably be a positive if you had a kid in, in, in the WBC playing baseball. There are positives to it. The problem, though, is it affects your team in the upcoming season. Now, make no bones about it. I don't expect the Pirates to be a playoff team this year. But I, I I want them to be more competitive. Making this move and telling G-Man Choi that we don't want you playing because you're coming off an injury and we're paying you this money to play for us shows that the team wants to win more baseball games this year. And, and that's a positive thing that they want to win more baseball games this year. You feel for the player because he wants to be a part of what's going on, but he's getting compensated pretty damn well by his primary employer. And I think if you had any job in this world, you know, think about it. Like, like police officers can't moonlight unless they get like special permission and not every police department does it right. You, you have, you have companies that sit there and say, no, this is your primary job. You're signing non-compete clauses. So you can't go off and do freelance work with somebody else. That happens in workplaces where people aren't getting paid anywhere near what G-Man Choi makes. And this team, if they really didn't care about 2023 would have said, go ahead and play. What it shows me is, they actually care about 2023. They care about taking another step back to relevancy. And it may not be fun for the player to hear that, but I have to. As somebody who's rooting for the team to get better, applaud the decision that they said, we're looking at your medical uh, stuff right now, and we think it's a bad idea for you to go out there and be away from our staff during the, the WBC. You know, unless you could prove to me that it's being done in a spiteful way, which I don't believe, that this this is a baseball decision because you want to win more games this year than you won last year, and you want to start figuring out what your team is, and you don't want to deal with that injury or him being on the shelf or him aggravating him being out for most of the year where you're still going to end up having to pay him while he was playing for some other team. So I, I do think it's kind of ludicrous for people to get upset that the Pirates said that, when in reality it should be a sign to you that this team has different expectations this year than their expectations for the past few years. I think it's just, like I said, Chris, it's people choosing a personality. And it's just overall frustration because they're just like, okay, well, we got this guy and we acquired him and, and we're going to go to arbitration with him. Well, you know, like you talk about an organization like the Braves, didn't they just go to arbitration with Max Freed? Like every year he goes to arbitration. Every year. I'll always be, I'll always be surprised at how people get like, like upset with uh, businesses doing business. Right. Like, you know, like I, there's been some weird stories all off season. There, there's a couple of, a uh, couple of broadcasters moving around from different teams. I want to say the Braves lost their broadcaster. Uh, is it that it's chip carry, not skip carry, right? I can't keep all the carries yeah. together, but whichever one is still, is still alive. He's, 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 he went to St. Louis. Okay. And now they're looking for a broadcaster. Um, there, there's teams that are going through negotiations. And I, I, I read some story the other day about somebody like talking about like how it's unfair that these guys have to go through these contract negotiations and they're the voices of their teams and everything. And I, I started laughing. I was like, but it's just like if they were working at a radio station or for a media outlet or something like that, they still got to go in and negotiate their deal and they work out a contract. And what's always funny is that the people that seem to be most upset about it are people that are working like, you know, they're working a job where they don't have a guaranteed money. Like these guys aren't, they're not hurting. You know, I, 
I would love the best, the best part of my life, honest to goodness, the best part of my life was when I, in terms of like business, besides owning my own company now, but back when I was in radio and I would go in and sit down and negotiate for myself and sign a deal and it would be guaranteed or partially guaranteed, the pressure that takes off you at that point is, is immense in life. Like, I remember I got fired from a place in Reno, Nevada, because they decided to switch the format. I didn't even have a ratings book yet, because I had only been there for a couple of months. They had given me a two-year guaranteed contract. I laughed during the termination. I was like, this is great. I just negotiated this deal. I'm getting paid to send it home. Like, I hung out in the casino, you know, went, went on a couple of trips, took my time finding another job. You know, I mean, like, I, I think, like, you have to think about this. And G-Man Choi's making an awful lot of money to go play baseball. And the the Pirates... They have acquired him legally within the rules and he's injured. And they're like, you know what? We don't want you to hurt yourself because we want you for this year. I don't understand how people get upset about that stuff. I don't get upset. I understand why people get upset because a business says we want to go to arbitration. Again, I wish they paid everybody all the money in the world. I wish they made everybody so happy that free agents were like, you know where I want to play. I want to play for Pittsburgh. But it doesn't matter how, how happy you make players, right? Like in the end, when it comes time to sign free agents, they don't take less money because they heard that you treated a guy well in arbitration three years earlier. They take the most money and they go there. So that, that's that's how you get free agents. So I've heard that argument as well. I keep seeing that like, well, you know, I mean, if you have a bad reputation with players, you'll never be able to get any players. Ah, whatever. If we offered the most money in the most years and the best deal, they'd come. That's that's how it works. That's what happened with Rich Hill. You know? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's why Rich Hill is here. Right. Like, I mean, like That's how you sign people. You know, the Pirates operate at a lower level, so I kind of get it because everybody's like, well, you know, I mean, like, you know, we're, we're not offering a lot of money. But trust me, like, some guy hits free agency. Like, remember, you know, like, just pick, pick like, a big-name player walking in the free agency. The, the it person. Let's say, let's say Carlos Correa before or Trey Turner or whatever. Like, somebody walked in the free agency this offseason. Imagine a team, like, offering less money, and they're like, well, you know, they are offering less money, but I hear they let their players play in the WBC. And uh, they're really good about meeting whatever arbitration numbers they want. If it was that easy, everybody would give the extra $500,000 to save the $40 million in the big contracts because guys really cared about that. It's, sometimes the logic makes no sense to me. So look, the Pirates are a business. They're an organization. They're not, they're not well run by the owner. But you hope that the general manager in the front office, within the rules given to him, is doing the best thing for the team. I think a guy saying, I don't want G-Man Choi playing because I want him for this season because that's why I acquired him. And looking at what's going on in his medicals, I've decided that it's best that we keep him here. I see that as a positive sign because you actually care about the 2023 season. Yeah. And, and Chris, it's it's definitely not wrong. It's well, like I said, it kind of goes along to, you know, you know, choose your character. Well, I forget what, what game that was. It might have been like Mortal Kombat or something or Street Fighter, like choose your character. And, and that's like the personality that you took on. And, and do, do the pirates, do the pirates have any pitchers in the WBC? Um, they are uh, allowing, I believe Ronzi Contreras is pitching for the Dominican I hate Republic. That. And I hate that. Like, I, I mean, I guess on one hand, they may allow him to do it because they're like, that's going to be highly competitive and we want him to develop and we're not going to play in a very highly competitive season. So I guess you could make the argument of, we want him to pitch in competition, but do not be surprised if he needs to be shut down early or needs a break in the middle of the season 
because he's doing more high impact innings sooner in the year. Like if I had a team in contention going for the playoffs and possibly a world series, and I had those expectations, I'd be finding every reason possible not to send any one of my starting pitchers because they're so valuable and they fall apart throughout the year. Like teams carry their five starters when they're in contention and like two extra guys that they're holding on to. And they got a few guys in the minors are ready to bring up. And it's like almost like a rotation of doing that. You're resting guys and everything else like that because they're the most valuable thing if, if they're pitching well. I would be like totally against my pitcher being in the WBC. I guess I get it because it's going to give him some high impact, like intense innings. And maybe they want him to get that kind of competition in and get a taste of it for later on in his career. But on the other hand, if you think that he's going to pitch a full slate of innings all year this year, that, that, that they probably almost have to build in a break for him at some point because he may be used a lot in the WBC. And that is a weird thing, though, Chris, especially with, you know, the way when the WBC is happening, like kind of like right in the middle of spring training, almost up until the beginning of the season. And you're talking about like the, all these high leverage innings, and usually the you know spring training is usually when people are, you know, built up for the season, not like you know hit the ground running. And that's what it could be if you're you know in these games where you're, you know, you're trying to win a championship for your country. And that's just to me is it's starting to think that it's it's very very weird. But I mean, here's the thing is I I think he's allowed to pitch. I don't know if he's actually going to pitch. I'd have to look at the whole roster construction thing because I know they're allowed to have like 30 players on it or something. And some guys are like on these reserve lists and, and, and different other stuff. So he may pitch, he may not pitch. He may just get to go there and hang out with his, you know, his, his fellow countrymen, whatever it may be. But it, it's just, it, it definitely is a weird thing for that. But then maybe Chris, people will get their way and then Quinn Priester will, you know, jump over everybody and, and be up here halfway through the season. Cause that's just all the stuff that's been coming out now. It's, it's all negative pirate stuff. I, I, that's why I'm so ready for this season to start. We never mentioned Yins. <laughs> we got on a roll so fast. We didn't even mention the sponsor, which by the way, if you go to shopyins.com, you actually see it. It says this, don't be a jag off. <laughs> and it's got your picture next to it. <laughs> Show it off. Show it off the merchandise and telling people they can get 10% off their first order. <laughs> what is that? I have no idea. I didn't even see it. It's hysterical. Oh, it's great. You're standing there like this. It looks like you're at a Steelers game. Definitely. You're wearing the oh, that's, sweatshirt. That's the one the when I took the, it must be that picture. Yeah, I yeah. took it and like, did it on Instagram or something. Forget getting trolled on Twitter. You're getting trolled by Yins this week. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> you can join Yins Nation at shopyins.com. Uh, it's, it's one brand for uh, three dynasties. And uh, you can rep Pittsburgh sports all throughout the year. It's all Craig does because I never see him in anything except for something with a big giant Y on it. So uh, check out everything they have. They continue to add to the collections, uh, proud sponsors of Bucks in the Basement. But this is the time of year when 
you're in that dead spot before pitchers and catchers. Everybody's pretty much seen what the team is going to do this offseason, and you're just waiting, right? And so, like, th- this is where this is where you get into danger as a fan because you can get you can go down a rabbit hole on a lot of different things that are happening. And and in reality, once you get to the, like the meat of it, when we're gonna we're gonna get into pitchers and catchers, we're gonna hear like so and so is in the best shape of their life. You're gonna get some stories like peripheral things. Something will happen that we'll talk about. Ben Charrington will make comments to the press and we'll dissect them. But things will get moving here in a couple of weeks. But this is like that dead part every single year, and it's even worse because uh, you know some years you get that uh, that that Super Bowl comes one week after. And some years it comes two weeks after. And they're back to that two weeks after thing. And this is a dead week. And that's why I, I, I guarantee you every podcast of every major league team is dealing with stories where you're sitting there going, I can't believe this is what we're talking about this week. Right? Can we just get to, can we just get to baseball? Can we start looking at like guys in their arm angle and learn how so-and-so changed like the way that they're delivering the pitch and, 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 and so-and-so's working on their defense. And this guy added 20 pounds of muscle and you know, the, the, the hitting coach has a different philosophy or what, like when do we get to the fun stuff and we're, we're, we're just outside of it. We're almost there. Okay. And so again, this is why you, you, this is why I don't, I don't listen to other podcasts, first of all, and I don't, I don't look at Twitter. This is because I was on the bourbon trail and I was drunk and never drunk tweet. It's terrible for you. And I at least was smart enough to say, I, I don't know what this is, but I'm not going to look at it. But I mean, like, like, that's the only reason I even had the thing on because I was, I was sitting there like, you know, a little inebriated after going from distillery to distillery to distillery, four of them a day for four days. My friend, I'm still hurting. It's Tuesday. I got back Sunday. <laughs> Brutal. I, I, I'm still I, I would still be in bed. I don't even know how you're talking, but yeah, man, it's just... I, I have cramps. I have cramps in my calves because I'm dehydrated and I felt like I drank a ton of water. I'm a 45 year old disaster. I'm a 45 year old disaster right now. I want to give a quick shout out to um, my favorite spots that we saw. Uh, Whiskey thief. If you ever want to do bourbon, go down to Kentucky around Louisville. It's just outside of there. I think a little closer to Frankfurt. We found it by mistake because we, we screwed up our plans on one day and we missed the Jim Beam one and we were driving down the road. It's a farm. You take like a dirt road down a hill to like a big giant barn and they've got a still there and they're making, they're making bourbon and, and they've, and they, and they've got like, all the different ones they do, they have five different ones and they just draw it straight from the barrel and you bottle your own bourbon in like a glass bottle. Like it's like 1850 and and like you even have little pieces of char in it. Like it's not even been like watered down. It's like 120 some proof. It's crazy like that. And they let you just stand there for like 30 bucks. Like I think we drank for like two hours for free. It was, it was definitely look at that one rabbit hole in, uh, in Louisville is really good. Uh, Michter's has an incredible bar and what was the other one that we went and did? I'll think of it. I'll think of it. That's my bourbon thing. I, I wanted to throw out some of them, though, because they were they were great. Oh, Bardstown Distilling. Insane. Do the barrel tour. They'll also draw straight from the barrels. And it's like a private tour. Really yeah, cool. So what you guys didn't know is that that random person on Twitter, not the person I was arguing with, but randomly it was just basically like, when are we going to see a, a rotation of Quinn Priester and Mike Burroughs? And, and, you know, you got to get Cody Bolton in there and Carmen Majinski. And not even thinking that you already have Rowanzi. You already have Mitch Keller. You have JT Brubaker, Rich Hill. Vince Velasquez is going to get a shot. Like, are we going to have a 20-man rotation? That's the part that I don't really get. And 
the other you were the same must have been the same guy that said oh you know why is Vince Velasquez I don't want to see him if he doesn't show up in spring training and he still gets put in the starting rotation I'm gonna be so <laughs> mad Jose Quintana last year Chris in spring training pitched in three games nine innings right his ERA was right. 11 his whip was two he gave up Four bombs, eleven earned runs. Well, Vince Vince Velasquez is not. Jose I'm just Quintana. saying, Vince that, Velasquez has never had a level of 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 uh, accomplishment in any given season uh, like like Jose Quintana in his prime. Like I I believed a lot more. I think Vince Velasquez is a placeholder. I mean, let's be honest. He's coming in to compete for the fifth spot. And if somebody does a good job, they're either breaking camp and pushing him into the bullpen, or they're coming up and taking his spot in May. But what's great about him is when you do have to give somebody a rest, when you do have somebody that's struggling, he can move back out and go back into the yeah, rotation. Yeah, I, I, I know that's what he is. Top Chris, there, but basically, I'm just showing you that what happens during spring training it may be more of what another guy does. Like a Johan Oviedo is probably the guy that is pushing him the most for that rotation spot, and then you have the Luis Ortiz, and then you have Burrows, Majinski. Kyle Nicholas, Quinn Priester, and and these guys are actually going to have to be fighting for spots. And and Chris, I had to laugh at this because you're talking about guys showing up in the best shape of their life. I mean, everybody at this point in time has already seen the the Instagram thing with Cabrian Hayes. Anybody that's listening to this, if you hadn't seen it, go go and watch it. Like Cabrian Hayes is he's bulked up a little bit, but okay. My thing is is number one, I I I honestly. I'm glad that he's working out, but I'm pretty sure everybody's working out. So to me, it was the same thing as, you know, last year when we were talking about how Mitch Keller is throwing a hundred miles an hour. And we said to everybody, you know, that's, that's kind of cool, but I got to see what it actually looks like on the ball field. And what that hundred mile per hour fastball looked like on the ball field was 106 miles per hour going the other way over the fence. And it wasn't until he discovered the sinker, and, and, you know, started working that, that he started doing better. So, Cabrian Hayes. Yeah, but you called that. You you nailed that when you were t- – I remember you talking about that in the in in, in the in preseason, okay, in the offseason. Like, who cares? Let's see what he can actually do. Can he pitch? Yeah, so, like, so Cabrian you know, Hayes is bulked up, so you, you better hope that, like, his core is a little bit better because his back had been hurting him. He's bulked up, but his wrist was hurting That's him. all you care about. That's all you care about is if, if, if it's positive muscle gain – for him to be able to survive 162 and not have the nagging injuries, that's great. Yeah. If it wasn't built that way and it was built for, well, I want to hit for more power, but he's still going to have th- those issues, then it's not it's not a, it's not a positive in any way whatsoever. So you, that's what you hope he's working on. Like I remember, I uh, somebody bought me something maybe a year or so back where I went to like this Pilates place and they worked on your core. And to be honest with you, you didn't you didn't really lift weights. You just learn how to be a little bit more balanced. And I'll be honest, it straightened my back out a little bit. It felt really good. It was a couple months where I was doing a thing. I want him to be doing that, you know? I'm not really as concerned about muscle mass with him. Yeah, I think of, uh, I think it was like a silly office episode where Michael Scott, like, had got, like, that core blaster or whatever, and it's like, it works your neck core, your arm core, your core core. And whatever <laughs> it would be, it's just like, well, I don't really, like, until I see a player out on the field, this is the time of the year, like you said, Guys showing up in the best shape of their lives. Guys, you know, especially in the era of, you know, social media and Instagram, like throwing these ridiculous pitches. But until somebody's actually standing in there or until they're actually out on the field, 
to me, it's just like, okay, great. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say.